Hello, and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It is day 60 in the Gregorian calendar here in the Zen Room. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the impenetrable Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches. (laughs) How are you, Tommy? We're going to pass right by impenetrable. (laughs) I'm okay, thank you. How are you? Doing good, doing good. All right, good. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, it was... Allison's birthday was Monday? Yes, I saw you were needling her about it for most of the week. Yeah, uh, it's a happy day. But it's also a sad day. Why is that? Because it marks... The beginning of, uh, of of the countdown to my birthday. Yes, which is in another week, I believe, right? It's soon. It, well, it's within distance of being needed by your mom. Whatever. Yes, it's soon. <laughs> so that's always sad. And it's it's uh, it's particularly sad this time. Because we're like really old now. Yeah, it's not like we're in the days. It's not like, a fucking joke. It's your birthday. Let's go out and have some drinks. Oh, heck no. No, I was never down for that anyway. But. It's, we're old. There's no, there's no... It's different now. Yeah, it's different. You celebrate differently now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every, yeah. Right? I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. Well, plus it doesn't help having birthdays during this fucking pandemic either. Well, I mean, just... I mean, my 60th birthday occurred this year, and we didn't do anything special at all for it at all because, you know, freaking pandemic. Same, same scene when Steve, Steven turned 50. We couldn't do anything, and that was during the height of the pandemic. Yeah, in the height, you can't do nothing. Nope. What you doing? What you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? What's next? Uh, oh, we're, we're just moving on. I don't know. I'm following you. you okay, know. well, just wanted to let you know. Well, we're sitting here tonight. It's Tuesday night. We're It's the night of the... There's a lot going on today. Well, there's a lot going on today. I mean, we have the President's State of the Union Address, which is going to be on about an hour from now, from where we're starting. But in case you hadn't heard, there's some kind of war going on in Ukraine right now, which we've been keeping very... Well, I've been keeping a lot of track of. I'm sort of a news junkie on this stuff. White people behaving badly. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good way of describing this war. But we have some good news for our podcast. It turns out that February was our third busiest month per number of downloads. Yes, it was. How many people downloaded in February? 209 people. The hell? One short of our second best month, which was September, where we had 210. And our best month was in October, which was 235. So obviously we go back and do whatever we did in October. 235 people downloaded in one month? Yeah. Us. In one month, yes. This. Yes. God, Patrick, life is sad. <laughs> for some people, I think... Well, obviously, it's, they're it's, enjoying our podcast, and they're getting others. something out of it. You know, we're giving them entertainment. We're giving them information, information, you know. Information, it's good when you know what it's rubber band day. Yeah, exactly. It's very important to know when those days are. <laughs> Boston Cream Donut Day. Today is the day of the pencil eraser. <laughs> Not quite, but we'll move on to our first segment, which, of course, is heavy petting. And tonight, we this will be rather brief, really, because my segment's about pets in Ukraine right now. Yeah. With yeah. the war going on, dogs and cats and other animals are being abandoned or being dropped off at shelters or with rescue groups, or they're just being left behind. You know, from what I can see in the news footage, there's not a lot of dogs and cats being taken over the borders, you know? Yeah. But there are organizations there in Ukraine that are working to shelter and to rescue these dogs. And in fact, today, about 2 p.m. our time, which was 9 p.m. in Kiev, or Kiev, I should say, one of the organizations I'm going to 
tell you about, posted a picture of a shelter that was on fire that was hit by a bomb or oh, an great. artillery shell. Yeah, so, but there's two local, there's two organizations directly in Ukraine that you can donate money to, or if there's any other ways you can help. One is called Happy Poor. Their website is www.happypoor.ua. The other one is called KSPA Lucky Strand. That KSPA stands for the Kiev Society for the Protection of Animals. And their website is www.luckystrand.org.ua. Now, unfortunately, by the time you hear this podcast, Kiev may be in total darkness or totally taken over by then. We don't know. It's, you know we don't know at this point. Things are, are moving so quickly. There is an international organization, though, that you can donate money to as well, which has also been monitoring what's going on in Ukraine and sending over whatever help they can. And that's called the International Organization for Animal Protection. Their, uh, their abbreviation is OIPA. Their website is www.oipa.org. They're on fa- Facebook as OIPA International. And that's really about it today on that. There's not much really more I can say. Yeah, well, you said everything. Yeah, I mean, I just, yes. If you want to help, because I know people are probably, I know sometimes when you're watching this whole news and this war, you feel like, like in a way, helpless about the whole situation with what's going on. This is maybe a positive way that you can do to help the situation, you know? Is this when we're going to talk about this issue? But do you want to? Not, not uh, I want to go beyond how it affects the animals. Well, we're going to get into, into, into other segments. That's there. what I was afraid of. Yeah, but we'll, yeah, we'll get into that in other segments. If you can help the animals, help the animals. Yes, exactly. Help the animals. Yeah. You know, whatever you can do. I know. I know. It's people. People are like, "What's the big news?" You know, there are humans that need to be concerned, more concerned than pets, which is true. And we're not denying that. But you know what? There are plenty of other people better known than us, and organizations better known than us that are helping the people. There aren't a lot of organizations that are helping these animals. Think Even about if it was, think about if it was your else. pet, and you had to leave your pet behind somewhere because of a situation like this. You know. So that's all I got to say on that. Okay. Well, that's it's worth saying. Yeah, I thought so, too. Thank you for saying it. My pleasure. I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> we know that. I couldn't have memorized it. <laughs> That's why I have a script. <laughs> all those www dot... <laughs> I had to write all those down. www dot... The old man rap song. We now move on to Tommy's favorite segment... Today's birthdays. Oh, <laughs> well, as you know, it is now the month of March, and last month we observed uh, Black History Month, and we did all those posts on Facebook yes, and on Twitter did. in celebration of it. Well, March is National Women's History Month. They did a month too. Yep, it was established in 1987 to celebrate women across the nation and their efforts to make the country and the world a better place for women of all ages and races. What year? 1987. Really? Yes. I don't know. It's hard to acknowledge a holiday that's created after olden times. You know, like a holiday from 1987. And then it's like women. Well, it's not a holiday, but it's a day like all these other days that we observe, you know? It's, uh, you know, so during this whole month of March, then I'll be posting, you know, various tributes to various women throughout our history on on our Facebook and Twitter feeds. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm anxious to learn about them because there's probably some uh, 
Well, the first one I'm going to talk about, of course, <laughs> is her birthday today. I actually posted about her this morning on Facebook and Twitter. Did you? I must have missed it. She was born March 1st, 1918. She was a school teacher. She uh, eventually served as a county councilwoman at large from 1971 to 1974. This was in Maryland, by the way. She was appointed by President Lyndon Johnson to the Advisory Commission on Intergovernmental Relations in 1967, and also she became the first woman elected president of the National Association of Counties in 1972. Her name is Gladys Spellman. Gladys we love you, girl. Well, well, she did more. Well, she did. Well, she served in Congress as a representative from Maryland from 1975 to 1981. Wasn't she born in 1881? No, no, no. She was born in 1918. Oh. Okay, so she she was only she was in her 60s at this time. Okay, so we're in the 70s. Right. Well, she actually, where, she served from much. she served from 1975 to 1981. I do like quote marks about that because. About five days before the November 1980 election, she suffered a heart attack and fell into a, a coma. Oh, dear. But she won the seat back with 80% of the vote. Okay. Which is pretty impressive for someone in a coma. Well, okay. But unfortunately, she remained in a coma. They eventually had to fill her seat with someone else. They'd have a special election. And she remained in a coma until her death later in 1988. Oh, wow. Yep. I yeah. don't like that. Right? I don't like that at all. Yeah, so happy birthday, Gladys Spellman. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. How many years did they keep her, did they keep her alive in a coma? That was about seven years. No. About six no, or seven years. No, You don't have a thought. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the family's wishes were on that. You know, we don't know what her wishes were on that. It's not for us to say. Yes, it may seem inhuman, barbaric, but we don't know what was decided by her or her family. As a group of gorillas. Yes. It doesn't seem... You know what? Never mind. <laughs> I, I don't like it. Okay. I don't like it. We'll now move on to our next birthday celebrant. Also dead. Also a woman. She was born in Tennessee, the daughter of Russian Jewish immigrants. At 18 months old, she was stricken with polio, and there was no vaccine then, so her mother basically nursed her back to health, and she recovered, but had a deformed foot and limp. After going to college at Vanderbilt University in, uh, I think, in, I forget where it's, in Tennessee or North Carolina, she then moved to New York City to pursue a singing career. After failing singing auditions for the bands of Benny Goodman, Jimmy Dorsey, and Tommy Dorsey, she decided to strike out on her own, and she became the first singer of her era to achieve, to achieve huge solo success, first on radio, later on television. She had a string of 80 charted popular hits from 1940 to 1957. After appearing in a handful of feature films, she went on to a four-decade career in American television. She starred in her own music and variety shows from 1951 to 1963, and she hosted two talk shows in the 1970s. TV Guide has ranked her at number 16 on their list of the top 50 television stars of all time. I actually saw David Bowie for the first time on her show. She was also an avid golfer and supporter of women's golf, and in 1972, she co-founded the Colgate Tournament, known as, now known as the Chevron Championship, and is one of the major tournaments on the LPGA Tour, the women's golf tournament tour. Yeah, 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 I know what that's just for. Uh, she was married and divorced twice. She had a famous four-year romance with Burt Reynolds, who was oh, 20 years younger than her. Oh, shit. She had two children, a daughter and an adopted son, 
and she died in 1988 from ovarian cancer. That's so sad. Do you know her name? It's Dinah Shore. Dinah Shore is correct. That's so sad. Yeah. I liked her. We used to watch her talk her talk show in the afternoons all the time. I never... Like I said, I saw David Bowie for my first time on her talk Dinah show. Shore. Yeah, she was always sort of nerdy and, and old farty. Yeah, was, yeah you know, she's like, you know, this little, you know, country girl type thing, you know. Yeah. Happy birthday, dead woman. And of course, there's also uh, one thing I forgot to Dinah mention Shore, about the her. golf. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Dinah Shore tournament. Yeah, that's yeah, what it was originally called. Her with one glove in that face. One thing I forgot to mention is that she was a resident of Palm Springs, which is the host now of the annual Club Skirts Dinah Shore Weekend, a five-day lesbian music festival slash party, the largest lesbian event in the world. Was she lesbian? No. It started as parties coinciding with the Dinosaur Golf Tournament in the 80s, and the first official event was in 1991. Huh. Yep. The lesbians in Dinosaur, yeah. huh? Yeah. Was she a lesbian? No. So you're sure? Nope. All right. Nope. She played golf. Yeah, but like right. I said, these parties coincided with that because it was a women's golf tournament. So that's when they scheduled these parties in. And then before we know it, they became a bigger thing, I guess, and they made it a whole big organized event then. Okay. What can I tell you? I don't know if you ever attended, maybe. I I have not. You, you could be mistaken for an old lesbian. I could. <laughs> I could easily. We now I, I have to figure out a way to play that to my advantage, the old lesbian. Can I find it? In a lesbian bar, it might work. No, they they see right through it. <laughs> they know. They can smell it. They smell the fear. <laughs> smell the fear. Go ahead. We now move on to today in history. Do you know what, what happened today in history? Today in history, something happened. 330 years ago, a woman named Tituba and Sarah Good and Sarah Tituba. Osborne Tituba. were brought before the local magistrates in Salem Village, Massachusetts, following allegations of witchcraft made by Abigail Williams and Elizabeth Paris. Beginning what became known as the Salem Witch Trials, which lasted until May of 1693. It's one of the most notorious cases of mass hysteria. For some background on the story, Tituba worked for the Paris family. Tituba! She was a slave for the family. Sarah Good, she was a poor woman who supposedly was questioning the quote-unquote Puritan values. Yeah, you should have done that. And Sarah Osborne, she caused a stir. She was a widow who later married uh, her indentured servant once he paid off his servitude which caused a stir in the community. And then also she basically like took over the whole management of her husband's lands as if they were given to her and they were actually willed to her children. So what were they supposed to do with it? Well, they, well exactly, they were children. So, but so their mother's supposed to do it. I know. But anyway, Good and, up. Good and Osborne denied the charges. Tituba confessed. Tituba! And was later pardoned. Osborne died while in prison, and Good was hanged along with four other women. Good's five-year-old daughter was also accused of witchcraft, and she confessed to being a witch. Five years old, of course, she confessed to being a witch. But she was never arrested or tried, and she was eventually released, and we don't know what happened to her after that. I'm pretty sure she became Sarah Palin. <laughs> but in all, as a result of this whole witch hunt, more than 200 people were accused, 30 were found guilty, 19 of whom were executed, 14 women and 5 men. One man was pressed 
to death for refusing to plead. Do you know what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They basically put a board over him and yeah, piled the stones. He, put stones he like lived for like two days before he finally stopped breathing. And at least five other people died in jail. So that's what started today, 330 years ago. Wow. That, what was today? What happened today? It, it, they started a, the Salem the Salem witch hunt. The began journals. today. Yep. That's when they brought in those three women for questioning. Today. Yep. Started today. March 1st. 1692. Oh, uh, what was his name? Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That was 1492. That was 200 years earlier. 1492. Okay. I'm going to move on to our next segment then, which is, what day is it? And do you know what day it is, Tommy? I do know what day it is. It is several days, actually. I, I know, but... Today is actually the last day, or what is known as... Fat Tuesday or Mardi Gras. That's one of them. Yes, it is. Have you ever gone to uh, a Mardi Gras celebration? I have not, but I tell you this. There are two American cities that I would very much like to see, and New Orleans is one of them. And I've been there Uh, twice now, both from from Mardi Gras. Okay. And it was fantastic. I bet it was. I believe everyone, everyone at least once in their life has to go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. Okay. The way the Muslims go to Mecca at least once in their life. Life, they have to go. Drunken heathens. Drunken heathens need to go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras once in their life. It's okay. a fantastic experience. A lot of fun. Really is. Great time. Yeah, so, uh, no, I've never been there. Never been there. Never been there. Huh? It's a shame. It's a beautiful city. Probably yeah. my, my favorite city next to New York. It's going to sink. I mean, it's already sank. Well, it's yeah, it's sink. already you know, at yeah. that level, you know? It's going to sink. It's going to get worse, yeah, with the freaking climate change, but let's not talk about that. <laughs> that city has no chance. So, which means you better go to New Orleans soon, soon. before it does go under. Well, before I have to go scuba diving to see it. <laughs> It'll become a Disney attraction then. It's awful. <laughs> awful, it's awful. Come to the lost city of New Orleans. Right? Would I wouldn't surprise me in the least, believe me. Has it ever been done? I don't know. Because this is not news. I mean, this is people. Have well, no, it's no, but it's there actually a report did come out earlier this week saying that everything they thought was going to happen, like, well, it's going to happen badly later. It's going to happen sooner, sooner than, than we, they, they thought. thought. So, yes, yeah, so we have lots to look forward to. Right. But in the meantime, we're going to observe another celebration, which is National Pig Day. Ah, uh, this is the one I knew about because you told me because of your. Okay, yeah. <laughs> National For those Pig not Day. in the know, it was started in 1972 by sisters Ellen Stanley and Mary Lynn Reeves. See, if, if America got to 1972 without a National Pig Day, <laughs> is it when do you leave well enough alone? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. But obviously it was important enough to them. Do the cows have a day? I, I'm, I don't goats. know. I didn't look those up yet. They, they When they show up on the calendar, I'll let you know. Please. I'm... Devastatingly interested. I'm sure. I'm going to tell you more. Okay. The purpose of National Pig Day is to accord the pig its rightful, though generally unrecognized, place as one of the most intelligent domesticated animals. Oh, I thought you were going to say the best for pulled roasted meat. (laughs) But yeah, they're they're supposed to be very smart. Yep. Yes. In fact, you know, a president and his family owned one as a pet. Named Maud. Many people own pigs as pets. President Theodore Roosevelt's family. Well, they own many pets, and one of them was a pig named Maud. Maud the pig. Did did Maud move in with them into the White House? Yes. Yeah. As far as I know. No, no. No, don't kill that one. That's the president's pig. (laughs) 
<laughs> Probably. Could you imagine walking Right? Around? I'm the president's you pig. You killed the president's pig. <laughs> Did you touch the president's pig? Do you know what a group of pigs is called? Uh, like a gaggle of geese? Oh. What is a group of pigs? There's three terms, actually. Okay. So you have three chances of hitting it. Okay. Pork? No. <laughs> Not a pork of pigs. Uh, bacon? No. Sausage? <laughs> Sorry, no, no. A group of pigs is called a passel, a team, or a sounder. I don't like any of them. Well, doesn't really matter now, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't matter at all when you brought it up. But evidence suggests that pigs were first domesticated from wild boars in present-day Turkey and other Mediterranean areas and China between eight and 11,000 years ago. And they ain't figured it out yet? Oh, seriously. Figured what out yet? What they're being bred for and why yeah, that they're going to be meat. Well, if obviously they're not that intelligent. <laughs> or if they are, they maybe they do and they're just not helpless. They're just helpless to do anything about it. 16,000 You're not going to see a pig revolution occurring anytime soon. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You give a bitch opposable thumbs, you wonder what happens. Do you know why pigs wallow in the mud? Uh, cools off their skin or some shit. Yes, it does. It cools them off because they do not have thermal sweat glands. Oh. And they are also thought to be the best non-human candidates for organ donations to humans. Yeah, this is where they get into all that like Nazi science where they grow... Well, basically, in September of 2021, a kidney from a pig was transplanted to a brain-dead human, and it immediately started functioning similarly to a human kidney. And also, pigs are thought to be the best for human donation because there is a lower risk of cross-species disease transmission. Yeah, we're only like a click away. Yep. Cloven hooves. Cloven hooves. So, which we're not going to change our things up a little bit. We're going to move one segment up, and we're going to start doing our... Five phase. Now? Yes, now. We're talking about National Pig Day, so we might as well talk about our five favorite pigs. Do you want to stipulate to Miss Piggy and uh, Porky Pig as just being like the god and goddesses of pigs? Yes, although those are my first two. Oh, they, those are your first two? <laughs> go ahead. Play your bit. Oh, my, my first pig is Wilbur from Charlotte's Web. First of all, how many pigs do you think there are that we would just know? Like You'd be surprised. How many pigs? I thought you were going to know all the pigs I pick. I bet I will. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's not a pool of pigs. Well, what other pigs did you choose? Roasted. <laughs> there was Porky. There was Miss. Uh, I like the little pig that sticks its head out the car on the way home. Little piggy that goes all the way home. We said we all the way home. And beyond that, I don't know too many pigs. Wow, you're really pig ignorant. Pignorant. Pig, you're pignorant. I'm pignorant. I mean, I had Babe. You remember Babe? Babe was you? a movie about a baseball pig. And <laughs> what, what about that is interesting to me? It was not about a baseball. It was about a baseball pig. It was not about a pig that played baseball. I, I, I didn't say it played baseball, but somehow pig, the pig was involved. I don't know, Patrick. I said I didn't see it. <laughs> I also had Piglet from Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, Piglet. Yeah, Piglet. Hi, hi. See, so there are plenty of pigs out there. Okay, so Piglet. And then I also have Pegasus. Don't. Do you know want to know who Pegasus is? I really don't. I really don't. He was a 1968 presidential candidate nominated by the Youth International Party, better known as the Yippies. The Yippies. It was an actual <laughs> pig. 
Named Pegasus. Named Pegasus. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> yeah. And, uh, you had no other pigs? No. I was the one who brought up the fact that I, I don't know from my five favorite pigs. And my last pig, my, my, my the last, last one? pig that left me its chops. Thank you. You're my favorite. My last one is Arnold Ziffel from Green Acres. When it wasn't he the stupid next door neighbor? Well, he, he lived with the Ziffels. It was the pig. Remember that was Eddie Albert and uh, Eva Gabor? Yeah, I remember the show. And he, he, he owned a farm. There was a pig, Mr. Ed. And there was a pig named Arnold. And he watched TV, did all these human things, of course. Okay, well, yeah. clearly certain things stuck and certain things didn't. Her, and, her and the gowns stuck. The pig watching television went right past me. Well, obviously. Let alone that it was Alfred Vischelsnatz or whatever the fuck it is. Arnold Ziffel. Arnold Ziffel. Get it right. Just Ziffel? Ziffel. Arnold Ziffel. Arnold Ziffel was the pig's name. Yes. Uh, all right. Okay. And that's my list of pigs. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, without that to look forward to, where could we possibly move to next? Well, next, we're going to go into a look into my briefs. Oh. <laughs> is it a busy one? It's, well, we got two things to talk about here. First one is about the U.S. Supreme Court is going to take up a case challenging the rules of the Environmental Protection Agency. Okay. The thing is, this case they took up, there are no rules to question. To question. It's about rules that may be what, what implemented. Are, what are the details? Talk to me like I'm stupid. Okay. Well, basically, they took the case up, even though the rules of question are entirely hypothetical. Nothing's been written or proposed yet. The EPA argued the court should dismiss the case and the petitioner should challenge the Biden administration's rules after they are written. But this case was brought by West Virginia and 20 other Republican-run states and a group of coal companies that are trying to prevent the EPA from instituting any new rules to limit power plant carbon emissions under the Clean Air Act. So on Monday, they had the arguments about it. And there's a big question about the, the, this now conservative-heavy Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Using a doctrine called the Major Questions Doctrine to strike down these proposed rules. For fuck's sake, what is this doctrine? Well, yeah, it's a good question. I had to look it up myself because I wasn't very familiar with it. It dates from uh, judicial rulings from the mid-20th century, basically like after like the 30s and 40s. Uh, it basically states that, this doctrine states that states and uh, agencies may not adopt regulations of, quote, vast economic and political significance, close quote, without direct delegation to do so by Congress. Is that what the law says? No. It, it's, this is basically what they're promulgating as law, is this doctrine that they want to apply now so that they can limit and, and base, limit the federal administrative agents, agencies. What is the origin of that of that of that? Well, that doctrine, doctrine, I don't, I don't know the origin, but it's based on, on cases that they pre, were previously ruled on. Probably minority justices, who lost out on decisions under what the majority was doing at the time, probably first developed, and it probably got developed from there. That's a good idea for a book. But anyway, the problem is that this whole doctrine it lacks any grounding in the actual history of Congress. Because, and especially with these, you have conservatives on this court who claim that they are originalists, who are just inter interpreting the Constitution as the authors intended. But they did a study, and they showed that early American history is, re is filled with 
examples of the federal government delegating authority to agencies with little objection from officials at the time, even though many of them had played a role in writing the Constitution. The people who drafted and debated the Constitution never re raised any policy objections to these delegations to agencies. Well, they didn't have nobody to do it. You do it. Well, that was well. That's the thing. If if the conservatives get their way on this, what they want is basically to Congress to write up every rule within the law itself. They want to basically write up everything that these agencies are writing up and then pass it as a law, and then that's it. But then what happens if something happens? It is insane because it's impractical because. Whatever they write in the law, it, it's not going to anticipate every situation. Of course it's not. Whereas with a federal agency, it can adapt quicker to correcting the situation then. But that's not what the conservatives want. They want to do this to limit the power of the federal agencies. Oh, well, they and we're talking about clean air, they don't clean want, water, well, product safety. We're they, talking about all of it. They want to they wanna disfund certain agencies. They want to, certainly all the green ones... Well, they want to wipe out the the Department of Education. We already know. well, that's already that's been, but that's been a but that's not even an agency. That's a department. That's a cabinet department, you know. But like I said, this is this is where we're going to be heading on this. And like I said, they have they just heard this case on Monday. An interesting side note: Justice Gorsuch, his mother, she had a brief tenure as the director of the Environmental Protection Agency. And among the things that she did was she initiated big budget cuts, she had fights with her staff, and there was a dramatic reduction of actions against polluters. So, we know where this is going to be headed. They don't like the regulation. You know, we know where it's going to be They have headed. the votes. I know. We're They're going to take out the regulation. It's, it's... People are going to die. Yep. People yeah. are going to get rich. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And then we're going to move on to our next topic as soon as I sip my tea here. Sip your tea because we can edit. Hmm. Uh-oh. Is that Nancy Pelosi clapping up at the podium there? Oh, yep. There's Joe. Oh, he just gave her the copy. We had the State of the Union address on here in the back where the sound turned off. He's just given his copy of the speech to Nancy Pelosi. Oh, yes, he did. Okay. But anyway, we now move on to our next topic, Spot which the is... Court reporters. Was it what? Spot the court reporter. I'm telling the people. Spot, <laughs> spot the court reporter. Anyway, the next topic under this whole thing is Russia and war crimes. With all this indiscriminate attacks on civilians and civilian areas, people are wondering, well, aren't these war crimes and everything? And what's going to happen, you know, afterwards, depending on how the war goes? So, because <clears throat> they're war crimes, unless he wins. If he wins, then they're not war crimes anymore. Then it's now, you know, Mr. President, you, now, now, your, now your land goes as far as Poland. That's not entirely true. You don't think but, so? Well, uh, only because there's an example of the United States being found to, guilty of violating Nicaraguan sovereignty or whatever, and they were ordered to pay reparations. That okay. was by the International Criminal Court. And the U.S. basically said, fuck you, and they withdrew from the court. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a very so, us thing to do. Well, anyway, what happened is this pass on yesterday, was it 220? Yep, on yesterday, the International Criminal Court's Chief Prosecutor, Karim Khan, announced plans to launch an investigation into the Russian invasion of Ukraine, saying, I am satisfied that there is a reasonable basis to believe that both alleged war crimes and crimes against humanity have been committed in Ukraine. I haven't even started. 
Well, even, even before the invasion, the week before, Khan had warned Ukraine and Russia that as far as he was concerned, their office had jurisdiction over Ukraine because the Ukraine government accepted the court's mandate in 2015. What had happened was they signed on to it, but they never officially ratified it. Oh. But the government signed on to the mandate, you know? So that's why they consider that they have jurisdiction over the matter. But the, the only problem is, is let's say hypothetically, if Russia takes over Ukraine, the ICC can't go in. I know, I know. Unless, unless there's a ceasefire, which is a very, very remote possibility and things stop where they are. Go but ahead. we know that's not going to happen. You're talking nonsense. But the problem is, yeah, the ICC, even if they're investigating war crimes in Ukraine, probably would not be allowed into, into Ukraine, Ukraine by the Russians. So that would be a big hindrance to all this. Also... Ukraine filed a petition on Sunday with the International Court of Justice arguing that Russia violated the Geneva Convention by making a false claim that Ukraine was committing genocide in what is called the Donbass region, one of the separatist republics, in order to justify Russia's invasion into Ukraine. And what could happen with that is they, the, the International Court of Justice, they can investigate the only problem is any judgment or enforcement by the court can be vetoed by a member of the UN Security Council. Guess who's a member of the UN Security Council? Take a wild guess. I know who's a member. It's Russia. Yes, bingo! You win! So, yeah, so these trials, while I'm sure they're sincere and earnest about doing them, I'm not sure how far they're going to get with it's all paper, prosecuting they, people for war crimes. They're all paper tigers, unless you, you like they did in their number, you capture them. And you bring them and you stand them in front of people and you say, this is, and then they say no, and then you, you say yes, and then you deal with them. Yeah. That way. Right. No, Vladimir Putin has been, Putin, 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 has been doing this going on two decades now, close, 12 years, 14 years? Well, he's been supporting this whole separatist revolt in Ukraine since, like, the 2010s. I'm the talking 2010s. about his presidency. Oh, his president, yeah, for, like, for like forever. Once he got in, he hasn't left. He hasn't. He left. rotated office for a while. He was prime minister while the other guy, Medvedev, I think his name is, was president. And then they rotated again, and they would rewrite the Constitution. Right. Everything to accommodate Putin. To whatever, okay. So, yeah, so it's his thing now. I, I, I think... Listen, I don't want to... This is weird because it sounds like I'm saying... The display of power that he has shown us over the past six days... Yes. ...in Ukraine... Yes. ...is pretty modest by first world shock and awe. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Okay, so... The fact uh, that they ran out of fuel... This is what I'm saying. And that units were, like, surrendering. I don't want to say... I, I don't want it to sound like I don't fully support Ukraine and Ukrainians, but so far, Vladimir, I'm not impressed. Well, I think he's going to be impressing. Somebody's got him. So. Somebody, somebody, now that we see, somewhere. Now that we see that 40-mile-long convoy heading towards Kiev. Somebody, somebody, in any, and by somebody, I mean a country, uh, one, one of those countries there with nearby. I have to go in and blow up that that convoy. You have to just drop bombs from the sky on that convoy. But you just pro- have to because if that we're coming in, it's but like the Greeks the, moving the horses. But the it pro- takes two days. But the problem is, number one, Ukraine is not a part of NATO. All those most all those other no, countries I'm that talk- surround talk- are part of NATO. I know, but I'm talking about some sort of wink and nod and an elbow nudge here, and you send out a single plane with six bombs, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, and they come home and nobody ever goes what. What? Who, who did that? Who did that? 
That's what I'm talking about, justice. Yeah, I mean, even what they're doing right now, I think they're like in a shady area. Like they're sending all these weapons over to Ukraine. Yeah. All these different countries, all members of NATO. And they say, hey, we're going to give you all the weapons we can. We just can't give you our manpower. Because once we do that, then we're in a world war, and then we risk nuclear confrontation. You know? Yeah, I do know. That's what it comes down to. uh, Yeah, I understand that. That's politics. Yeah. People die because Vladimir Putin... Putin. uh, Somehow (laughs) it feels threatened by somebody's cock being a half an inch bigger and moving onto his territory. So uh, you can't... How do you deal with somebody like that? Whatever. The fact that nobody's going to, like... Help these people in some... And do it anonymously. Like a... Send send when you go planes over and knock them out and nobody has to say. I'm sure there are other countries doing things that we're just not hearing about. Like, I, I don't know if India is... Sending, India isn't trying to, like, play, like, neutral in all of this. I'm talking about... But even Switzerland. Switzerland put sanctions against Russia, for God's sake. I was Switzerland's to- never done that. They didn't even sanction the Nazis. Because, well, they were surrounded by the Nazis. But still, <laughs> for Switzerland to issue sanctions, wow, that's pretty rough. Jeff Bezos. What about Jeff Bezos? Hire a plane, hire some bombs, get a wink, get a nod, pass over some money. He's got plenty, a billion dollars, go. I mean, so how do you not do something? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I had an answer for it's you. It's just crazy. I know. I'm watching it, so you've already seen it. So you see what this is, and I don't. I just don't get it. It just. It just is so clear, and I don't think I'm being subjective. I think a lot's going to depend on how brutal the Russian army is once it takes over Ukraine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you heard that report before about there's going to be basically door hand to hand fighting yeah. from block to block. They're going to go once they get into Kiev. You know, through that it's going to be brutal. Every inch of that city. And yeah, it's like it's. Yeah, so I think a lot's going to depend on how brutal it really gets. It's good. And then you might you might see the the Western Alliance reaction escalate. We don't know yet. And those Russian boys, those just, no matter what, just keep pushing, keep pushing. Don't stop. If if they don't kill you, we'll kill you. Keep it. Uh, it's just a horrible. It's just a, it's just a horrible, awful person thing. It, well, it's, even these Russian troops, people suck. I posted people suck. I posted a uh, clip yesterday of uh, this Ukrainian ambassador. They got a phone of a dead Russian soldier, and he was texting with his mother. Yeah, yeah. And his mother's like, uh, "Where are you? We've been trying to get in touch with you. Are you still on your training mission?" And she's and he's like, "I'm not on a training mission, Mom. I'm in Ukraine." I'm in the. Oh, and she's like, "Well, where can we send a package?" And he's like, "What kind of package are you going to send to me?" And that was like the last thing. They heard. So the Russians, <clears throat> I don't think the Russians themselves know. They're probably not happy about this. They have they have family, they have relatives in Ukraine. I don't think they, you I, know? I don't think the, the words Vladimir Putin invades the Ukraine or invades Ukraine reached mm. your typical Russian. No, well, their mainstream you know, news service is saying that they were attacking Russian, probably ethnic Russians in the separatist area. That, that's what. That's the whole. That's the whole thing about. He was saying that they were that the Ukrainians were committing acts of genocide so, in those separatist regions. So he's therefore that justified the Russian invasion. I it's such. It's it's like a diabolical thing. They plant the seed ahead of time. I know how they're going to react, and I can steer them. To, let me plant this seed here, and then this seed here, and then later on, as I go down the line, I can point to each one and say, "Well, but that time, and yeah, but then it, well, they they." It's diabolical. But he didn't anticipate 
the NATO countries and basically all of Europe just sticking together on this. If anything, as, as one reporter said, we can thank Putin for basically doing what the NATO alliance couldn't do itself was unify itself. And now it's totally unified. Unless Ukraine falls. Well, it's going to fall. It's going to fall. What happens after that, we don't know. We don't know if he's going to stop there or if he's going to go somewhere else. If it falls, what difference does it make? It can't fall. If it falls, he wins. No, because you're still going to you're still going to have you're still going to have the, the people in Ukraine still fighting underground. Yes, but once, there will never there will never be peace in Ukraine. Once does once the land is his, the land is his. So they can be as upset about it as they want. He doesn't give a fuck. Well, we know that. Okay, so. If, if he takes Ukraine, he wins. Okay, he he ain't gonna win much. Uh, his economy, his still his economy is gonna be still fucked by all the sanctions. Uh, the ruble's gonna be fucking worthless at this rate. With, democracy is a democracy is not to do. We're talking about economics. No, well, no, we're talking about the right now. We're talking about the fight between autocracy and democracy. Well, yeah. Okay, so that's what this is about. If he wins, autocracy wins. Okay, so he can't win, and we and we and we be proud of of that. Oh no, kidding! Of course not. He ha we we have to do what has to be done. And what would you suggest we do then? I suggest that we uh, slap him back right now. Slap him back for each incursion. Right, and, and move once him back. Right, and then once you drive him backwards, what do you do after that? I think you have to maintain it. What are you getting at? Where do you want me to go? Are you talking about then going into Russia and invading Russia? No, 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 no. Just back off. Back off. Back off. Okay, back but in off. the meantime, what's going to stop him from saying, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm going to launch a nuclear bomb. No, nothing. You go. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. But nobody wants that, Tommy. Well, of course nobody wants that, Patrick. But it, well, are you willing to give up however many people are Ukrainian right now? Tommy, I wish I had the that. answers, but right now... They're doing the best they can uh, without risking a nuclear war. They, uh, they are. You're talking about an aggression caused by a nuclear power. Right. That's right. This is not Nazi Germany. This is fucking Russia with fucking nuclear weapons. I think the most in the world. Not that it matters. I know. Yes, it does matter. We're trying to fight a conventional war against an enemy who still has nuclear weapons in his back pocket. And with all the reports about whether this guy's erratic or stable, we don't know. No one wants to have a nuclear weapon set off in this war. I think that's obvious. Well, then there's got to be a better way without putting boots on the ground. I don't want boots on the ground. But that's what you're talking about. You're talking know. about if you're talking about using our armed forces to attack Russian troops in Ukraine, that is exactly what you're talking about. I'm talking about using Whatever power we have. Yeah, that's the same thing. All right, that's fine. That's the same thing. That's Once you start thing. launching missiles in there, that's it's that's the same thing, Tommy. Fine. Then 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 uh, um yeah, boots on the ground. Sorry, if that's the way you're gonna if that's the way you're gonna define it, then yeah, boots on the ground. If you're gonna define it as airstrikes, strikes from the strikes from the sea, strikes from space as boots on the ground, then yeah, boots on the ground. Absolutely. It has to happen. They can't... Yeah, and then once he set those off, and then they set their bombs off, and then the world's annihilated. Well, there's always Who a reason Who fucking to say. wins then? Come there's on. There's always a reason to Come say, on. no. The Planet of the Gates ah, wins. Give me a break. You're not being practical about this. No, I, you're not being practical about this. I, I don't promise you. They're trying, to, they're trying to prevent this war 
from degenerating into a worldwide conflict. You have, That's what they're trying to do right now. You have practicality covered. Yeah, it's barely covered. That's not why I'm here. <laughs> I'm moving on to the next topic. I can't get, I can't go on with this. That's why I <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. The next segment is the week in fascism. Okay, this is going to go just as bad. <laughs> you don't know that. There's yet. no joy coming out of this. Go ahead. This is about Texas Governor Greg Abbott. He issued a directive to the Department of Family and Protective Services stating that since the Attorney General uh, issued a legal opinion that says that subjecting students to a wide variety of elective procedures for gender transitioning constitutes child abuse, he is now uh, calling on the department, as well as licensed professionals and members of the general public, to report the parents of transgender minors to state authorities if it appears the minors are receiving gender-affirming medical care. And this is according to, he's basing this on what? Because he's What happened was his state attorney, attorney general issued this legal opinion stating that, you know, anything involving medical care, involving gender transition, whether it be from medications to surgery, that constitutes child abuse under the definition of Texas law. Does it? That's his opinion. What does Texas law say? Well, the thing is, last year, Texas failed to pass a bill that would have made it a felony alongside physical and sexual abuse to provide such care to minors. So it wasn't within current Texas law then as being defined as child abuse. I think already four DAs have already come out and said, we're not prosecuting parents of transgender kids. This is not child abuse. And today, actually... The American Civil Liberties Union and Lambda Legal filed a complaint on behalf of uh, parents of a transgender daughter against uh, the directive, saying it violates both the state constitution and the rights of transgender children and their parents. What had happened was the, the mother, she works for the Family Services Department, which was tasked with conducting these investigations. They've already started doing these investigations. The agency placed her on administrative leave. Was she investigated? Yeah. And investigators showed up at her door. And she was afraid that she was going to permanently lose her job. She could lose her daughter. Her daughter. Her daughter has been diagnosed with gender dysphoria, a serious medical condition, and is currently receiving medically necessary care for the treatment of her gender dysphoria. She's 16 years old. Okay. And that's child abuse. That's what they're calling child abuse. Okay. I've never, se- I've never seen a party be this vehement against queer people since the whole idea of same-sex marriage came up. And that was reason for everyone to bring up all these laws against same-sex marriage. Now we're trying to do the same thing with transgender kids, whether it be through trying to ban medical uh, procedures for them, trying to ban them from athletic teams. See, this is what I was trying to get at before. When it comes to this kind of regulation, there's all kind of money, all kind of time, all kind of ink. But when it comes to polluting the air, polluting the water, polluting the ocean, there's no, you know, there, there are, it's, it's about who's in power with the, where the money gets pointed. Of course. And right now they're pointing it toward this, this atrociousness. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Why does it have to be there? Like, uh, what do you, what do you benefit? I know. Who's, who are you doing? Part of the problem is today was the Texas primary and both of them were running for, running in the primaries. Okay. 
So they think this is yeah, just another. This is the culture war. Yeah, they're just giving red meat to their to their base. You Attacks know, attacks from the culture war. It, it's just it's disgusting. Yeah. I, I just it's real. It's just disgusting. I agree with you. Moving on to our next topic is we like to watch. Oh, Mrs. Maisel. Ah, you started watching uh, the Marvels, Mrs. Maisel. I saw the first two. Okay. I was very happy. I think that what they did with the Ferris wheel was beyond genius. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to watch three. It was a good scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Mrs. Maisel. I love, love Sue. It. I'm loving Sue on the show. She is fast becoming my favorite character on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's just she's amazing. She's the star. Oh, well, you haven't seen you haven't seen the third you haven't seen the third, third episode. Four, oh, okay. No. You got to see those. Are they are they releasing them in doses like two at a time? I think two at a time. It looks oh, like yeah, that's, that's what it seems less like. But these, these yeah, watch these last these next two are really good episodes. Oh, I will miss it for sure. Yeah, but yeah. I love I love it. I love it. I love how. She, Have you gotten to the part where she found out someone died? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, then that's coming to come. That's going to come up then. Um, that's going to come up. Yeah, but yeah, the so, show yeah. is just yeah, it's fun. Great show. Good. Can't watch enough of it. Anything else? No, it's your turn. Oh, my turn. Oh, we're not taking. This is not a turn-taking topic. That's okay. We can take turns. Okay. So what have you been watching? Well, we finished watching Inventing Anna on Netflix. Okay. Now this thing has confused me. Okay. Tell me about it. It's just it's based on a true story. That's where it gets confusing. Okay. Of this Russian woman who posed as a German heiress. Okay. And she basically conned her way through all of this money. And was living the high life, and supposedly, according to them, to this series, she was trying to start this like foundation slash club slash megaplex or whatever. And but she, everything about her background was non-existent. Okay, you know, even the, the she's her father was not some rich German heir, as they later find out and everything. And she eventually gets caught, and she gets arrested. And the series goes from the, it starts off basically from the viewpoint of the journalist who's trying to track down the story and fill in all the holes and find out what's really going on. Okay. And it goes through like it. She'll like go with like one character in the story, and that'll be the focus of that character with Anna. Okay, so that's like the Anna way the, That's like the way the Crown worked. Yes. And so each episode was like centered on a different character. Okay. But it was all from the journalist's point of view. Okay. So it was really, really good. Until the last two episodes. Last second last second to last episode was a lot of filler material. Okay. They basically like did all these what if scenarios. And it's like we don't, what are you do, what are you doing? You're you're, 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 you're you're wasting time here. You're in the middle of a plot and they're stopping for Yeah. Then the second, the last episode that is told from the perspective of the lawyer, her defense attorney, and the whole series, like all of a sudden, feels like it's changing focus now, where it's feeling sympathetic towards her. Oh, we don't like that. It well, it changed from what the focus was before that. The camera was back here. Now it's going in on her oh. side. You know what I mean? And it so was. I was wondering if it was a documentary, if it was a series, if it was no, a it's a series. It a, it's a series. Yeah, but okay. I, was, I, was, I was disappointed by the last two episodes. Okay. But the acting in the show is great. Julie, I think her name is Julie Garner. She plays as Anna Delvey. She's great in her role. Oh, I hope I she gets nominated for something. So yeah, so that was uh, that's what we finished watching. Nice. What else did you watch? Uh, not too much. No. 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 You know, I've been trying to some news. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've been chosen on the news, you know. You know, RuPaul, there's a a new episode of The Brits versus the World RuPaul tonight. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. Scandalous, scandalous cut last week. Oh, okay. Yeah, because now with the... With with this, uh, this is a different. This is a different show. This ain't supposed to be RuPaul's Drag Race. You know, seven, eight, nine, ten, fourteen, fifteen. This is RuPaul UK queens against the rest of the world queens. Okay, and however that's been played, I don't know the count of who's still whatever. There's been no attention paid to it. Yeah, in in such a form. And it doesn't matter. It's RuPaul's Drag Race. So. There was a scandalous... What, what happens is the winners, which is not new, the winners, the top two of the week lip sync for the right to cut one of the bottom ones. Okay. So they get to choose who gets cut. And who the winner cut was scandalous. Scandal, I tell you. <laughs> Online, people are... Oh, no. You know, how dare... Because it was is so much fun that kind of fandom just to to but it gets nasty and mean those fans. yeah it sounds like yeah it. they they do but it, you know it's fun that scandalous reveal of that's course. fun I mean, on of that. course yeah 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 I love that so what did I watch oh this German horror movie on Netflix it's called The Privilege okay it was disappointing it was basically like a takeoff on Invasion of the Body Snatchers okay. And involved this time it's a fungus that's inhabiting people. There's a fungus among us. Yeah, and it acts like these, you know, these zombie funguses. They talk about zombies, these funguses that inhabit insects. Fungus among us. And like take them over their brains or whatever. Until oh. then, then they run them until they die or whatever. So it's sort of like that. It was just part of the problem was the what the main character is traumatized as a kid when he sees his sister fall from a bridge. That he may have kicked her off and done himself. Oh, he did it. So during the movie, you don't know whether he, what he's seeing is real or imaginary. And it was just getting annoying after a while. Okay. As to what was what. And then the ending, it leaves the ending open for a sequel. And I was just like, eh, don't waste your time, folks. All right. <laughs> don't waste your time. Thumbs down on privilege. Yeah. Yeah, disappointment. Sorry, Germany. No, it's not. Why do they care? Well, it was their movie. It was a German, ah. movie, German-made movie. They, it's not like the whole country pitched in to make the movie. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't. Yeah, I'm sure they didn't. They have things to do. Anything else Anything else you watch? No, I don't even know where we are anymore. Well, I'm waiting because in two days, the return of Star Trek Picard on uh, Paramount+. Plus. Okay, that's Picard as a young man. No, it's Picard as an old man. Oh. <laughs> and oh. You, I guess you didn't watch the first season, did no. you? No. Uh, I may have watched the first episode. Okay. Was he represented youthfully in no. that episode? Nope. Going back into a into a French farm, he went back to visit family. I believe at one point he may have. I believe I don't remember now. Okay, to me there was a French farm. Yeah, because he, he is he, his character is vineyard. French. Jean Luc Picard. Yeah, exactly. You know? So he went back to Earth year whatever. It yeah, is. I think he re- basically he retires. He retired there twenty five on the vineyard sixty two. But this is now season two. And I know Whoopi Goldberg is going to be appearing on it. Yeah, which I'm really happy about. She plays the character Guinan. Guinan. She was in one of the movies. She was one yep. of those. She was. In she was like a club kid in the in the <laughs> canteen on board. <laughs> right? Wasn't that who she was? She ran the bar basically. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she show is just like kind of a. Club kid, space like chick, funky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big ass hats. 
purple stretch fabric. She's going to be on that. Okay, good for her. I'm looking forward to that. So we'll... And I don't know if you've heard the news about the Academy Awards. I don't care. I know, because I don't really watch them that much anymore. I watch them just out of the sake of like and tear it apart on Twitter and Facebook because they're so bad the show. This is the kind of thing that the that go ahead. Cut that whole thing. Go ahead. Anyway, they're having three hosts this year. Three. three. Okay. If they're not having one since twenty eighteen. The hosts are gonna be Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, and Wanda Sykes. I like Wanda Sykes. I mean, I like, I like, I don't really know Regina Hall, but I, I, know, I know the other two who I like. I like the, the other two. I like Wanda. I like Amy. Also, of the 23 categories, eight of them, the ones for documentary short, film editing, makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, animated short, live action short, and sound, will be handed out before the televised ceremony. Oh, I don't like that. I know. More bullshit like that. I don't like that. More bullshit like that. It's like you're saying that their that their roles are not as important as Who's all the other act all the other nomination categories. Uh, aside from how insulting it is to the people. Who produced the Tony's the what they call the Tony Awards last year? I don't know. The one in June. Not the one in September, not the real one in June. And who's producing this? Because it's the same thing. They did the same thing. Yeah. I know. They they did that whole it was on it was basically streaming online. You I had to look time. for it. Right. Yeah, you had to pay for the phone. But this, you I bet that's going to probably happen with this now too. They're going to do the same thing. Are they going to charge you to see it? I don't know. They just... they, this is this was only announced. I think this week that about about this about this happening. So these things. So I don't know gonna... what I don't know what arrangements have been made if we're going to see those awards being given out. You know, before the televised portion of the show. Okay. I hope so because, like I said, when I watched the untelevised portion of the Tonys. That was probably the best part of the show. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it was great, you know? That was ridiculous what they did. What a travesty that was. Yeah, so it sounds sort of similar, but maybe it's not. I know. Anyway, we were going to move on to our segment of Sheila has a question, but, but once again, she does not have a question. This needs to be our first sound effect. <laughs> really? And it needs to be a sad trombone. <laughs> No, that's not good enough. I know, but it's all we have right no, now. No, And where's the button to press on this? I don't It's up there in the back. In the back? Oh, I found it. No! No! No, 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 no! No, we need a sad trombone. <laughs> so, we're going to move right along, and thanks a lot, Sheila. Waving goodbye to the sign. <laughs> we're now going to move on to... People saying stupid things. Okay, here we go. Otherwise known as Psst. <laughs> <laughs> and we can start right there, can we? <laughs> yeah. Right Did there. you hear about Pat Robertson? What happened to Pat Robertson? Pat Robertson made a special appearance on the 700 Club on Monday, February 28th, to talk about the invasion of Ukraine and its role in biblical prophecy. Well, what does he say? What he, he said, because you can say, well, Putin is out of his mind, and yes, maybe so, but at the same time, he's being compelled by God. He went into Ukraine, but that wasn't his goal. His goal is to move against Israel, ultimately, and he's going to link up with Turkey across that little bridge, and they'll come together. And then you look down to North Sudan, you got a Muslim country down there, and there they all are. Persia, of course, is Iran, 
And there's a land that is set up in Ezekiel 38. And you see how Ukraine is key because the land, you see the land bridge between Bulgaria, Greece, and Turkey. And all that area is going to be mobilized against Israel in the latter days. And God says, I'm going to deal with it. So you can look at your map. You can read your newspapers. You can listen to your news. But know of a fact that God is bringing to pass what he prophesied years ago through his servant Ezekiel. And you read it in the 38th passage of Ezekiel, 1 through 6. It's all there. And God is getting ready to do something amazing, and that will be fulfilled. Amen! Well, that was quite a performance. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> uh, my response is Ezekiel 20, <laughs> Which is? I'm going to leave that for you to discover. <laughs> Ezekiel... 2023. 2023. Should I look that up right now? Uh, I, I, oh, I, look, hey, there's Mayor Pete. I love him. I love Mayor Pete. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's either 2023 or 23-20. Dot, dot, colon. <laughs> I start with 2023. Okay. Ezekiel, 2023. You'll know if it's the one I mean. <clears throat> there she lusted after her lovers, whose genitals were like those of donkeys. And whose emission was like that of horses. So if he is going to if he is going to invoke Ezekiel, yes. then I am going to invoke Ezekiel. How do you know that quote? I think you should mind your business about how I've gotten my information. Oh my god. Ezekiel twenty twenty three is the response to any biblical argument. Donkey genitals. It's easy to remember. Yes, it is. Twenty twenty three, bitches. Woo! Anyway, he's only the first person we have in this segment. Who else? The second one is Congressman Clay Higgins. Who's he from? Actually, I don't know what state he's from. Let's find out right now. So I'm going to say Illinois. I forgot to look up right now, but we're going to look it up right now. And he is from Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah, happy Mardi Gras there. Anyway, on Sunday he tweeted, You millennial leftists who never lived one day under nuclear threat, can now reflect upon your woke sky. You made quite a non-binary fuss to save the world from intercontinental ballistic tweets. Is that the quote? That's the quote. Okay. Dictionary.com responded to it. We're not entirely sure what this tweet is supposed to mean, and we're literally the dictionary. <laughs> Savage. Some of those Twitter accounts... A savage. But it's like, you read that, it's like, what is he what is, saying? What does that mean? What does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so good words. Good with your words. Oh, good my God. Right? Nice. Yeah. It's about fucking word salad. Now, what does it mean? Shit. Uh, well, I guess we'll never know. I don't know if he'll ever expound any more on that thought. I don't think he could. I know, right? How could you? <laughs> expound. Did you expound on that? No. And we have a third one to discuss. I oh. came in late today. Well, let me see if I can guess, because I was here today. Okay. I have no idea. It's about Mr. Sam Elliott. Ah, uh, this 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 upset you. Mm -hmm. You were bothered by this. Well, let me read what I'll read to you what happened. Tell me what happened. He appeared on Monday on Mark Marin's podcast, What the Fuck? And Mark Maron was asking him about the film The Power of the Dog, which stars Benedict Cumberbatch and directed by Jane Campion. Whatever. It's up for 12 Oscars, including okay. Best Picture. So Mark Maron asked Elliot if he had seen the film, and Elliot replied, You want to talk about that piece of shit? There was a fucking full-page ad out in the LA Times, and there was a review, not a review, but a clip, 
and it talked about the, quote, evisceration of the American myth. And I thought, what the fuck? What the fuck? This is the guy that's done Westerns forever. The evisceration of the American West, they look like, what are all those dancers, those guys in New York that wear bow ties and not much else? Remember them from back in the day? Maybe I should do this in his voice. No, don't bother. You sure? Yeah. That's where all these fucking cowboys in that movie looked like. <laughs> They're all running around in chaps and no shirts. This is much slower. There's all these allusions to homosexuality throughout the fucking movie. To which Mark Maron replied, yeah, I think that's what the movie's that's about. That's what it's about. He went on to say, Jane Campion's a brilliant director, by the way. I love her work, previous work. But what the fuck does this woman from down there, New Zealand, know about the American West? And why in the fuck does she shoot this movie in New Zealand and call it Montana and say, this is the way it was? So that fucking rubbed me the wrong way, pal. Where's the Western in this Western? I took it fucking personal, pal. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, it's, he's, he's passionate about yes, it. Yes, because he played a cowboy in a couple of dozen movies. So, of course, he he's the, the authority on the American West and its history. Yes. And obviously there were no gay cowboys at all during that time. Well, no. But that's what he's basically saying. No, I mean... He he's another one who... He's basically... But what the end of it says to me is he doesn't like the fact that New Zealand is a good stand-in. For Montana. For the Montana American West. And they, and they did that. I looked it up. She did it for budget reasons. Well, of course she did it for budget you know? reasons. It's just a sense of personal... What's the, what am I trying to say? Do I don't know. Yeah, you do. I No, I don't. Entitlement. Oh, yes. Okay. I know. It's just like... He who would, the West. It's like... It's just very... That she wasn't... What does she know about the American West? Yeah. Well, I bet she knows about as much as the American West as you do because she probably watched the same movies. <laughs> okay? You have no personal knowledge of anything beyond the movies well, you She probably read. did her research before she did the movie, <sighs> unlike this fucking Yahoo. And if she didn't, she's making a film. She's under no obligation to be honest to anybody about anything. Right? She's making one of the movies she fucking wants to make. So shut up. Sit down and shush, shush. Yeah, this is like this is like the old man, like, this, get yeah, off my lawn, kids, exactly, you know? That's exactly is, what yeah, this, this is. is this, is this is a shame because Sam Elliott was the object of lust for millions of gay men. Oh, my God. Even in his, old, even in his older age, he was still a hot-looking man. Yes. And now that's been totally ruined because he had to open his big mouth and go off about this movie. Is it like his ass deflates and his thighs get skinny and his feet get too big and his hair? Like, how does that 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 cancellation happen? Like, he's not hot anymore? No, I didn't say that. He's still a, a handsome man. At least but he was when he was on Grace and Frankie. That was the last thing I saw him on. The last, like, you go back to when you lusted after him. Oh, yeah. Because those, those, oh, my God, that's like the 80s and 90s you're talking about. Yeah, those... those, those oh, my God, that's it. Chest. Will, will you watch them? What? Will you watch them? I don't know. I, I haven't watched it. I can't remember the last time I watched a movie with Sam Elliott in it. So you haven't sought him out? No. Okay. No. He's just one of those guys you saw him in a movie. Oh, it's Sam Elliott. It's oh, wow. All right. <laughs> yeah, he always had that same facial hair. Yeah. Close. He was just, he was always hot looking, but now. What did he do? He ruined it. He ruined it. Sporting a mullet in mask. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. yeah. That was like 89, that movie, I think. I remember. Yeah, yeah I almost forgot about that. Oh, well. Oh, well. So that that's it for people saying stupid things. Thanks for the wet Quite a lot say. this week, man. It was an overload of them this week. I, 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 
we could probably do a whole hour on just that. Right? Tell me about it. People saying stupid things. Open the window, you'll hear 10. Yes. We now move on to our final segment, which we actually skipped last week. Oh. And that is the Grumpy Old Game Men Gripe of the Week. Oh, God. What's your gripe of the week, Tommy? This this is actually the perfect gripe. It's what a gripe is. It's uh, an, an, an annoyance that I could do nothing about that still I want to complain about. What's that? The weather. This going from, <laughs> like... 17 degrees to 68 degrees. Yeah, to it's very, degrees it's, weather's to, fluctuating too much. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't play nice. That kind of uh, atmosphere doesn't really play nice with me. So that is my gripe. It is my minor annoyance that I can do nothing about it, and I wish to bitch anyway. So I lay in a I can relate. I, I went through that whole phase of the bad weather from like Christmas on through like January. It was fucking killing me by the beginning of February. Now I'll tell you this. Since I walked into the house, yes, there were three separate things that I could have used in place of that. Okay. That happened. What do you mean? I think it was Bryce. <laughs> anyway, so that, yeah, the weather. The weather. The weather. Okay. I actually have two gripes. Okay. What I thought of in the last hour or so while we were having dinner. That's right. It was a good night for, it was a good night for griping. Yeah, right? Yeah. Tonight, my first gripe is about those fucking Expedia ads that are played ad nauseum on TV. Also the perfect example of a gripe. Yeah, right? <laughs> a minor annoyance, you but, can do nothing. But what I hate that. about it is because it has Ewan McGregor in it. I love Ewan McGregor. Love him. And these ads are going to make me hate him. So instead I of... see these ads, we saw, we saw it, what, four times within 30 minutes. Am I, guy, am I right? It was opening the guy opening the door into the beach. Uh, anyway, and everybody understands the experience of overexposure of an ad that you can't escape. Yeah. So uh, every, that's just... But that's, it's just, it's it was it's too much. Remember that? But that's a gripe. See that? Uh, it's... Uh, my God. Okay. If you want, ever want to turn someone away from your product... Play your ad four times within 30 minutes, you know? That'll do it for me. And you just did it for them. Right? Because you just gave them however much airtime we just gave yeah, them. Yeah, I know. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know about it anyway. That's just, that's just effective advertising. There's, you can't fault somebody for that, even if it is annoying. I know. My second gripe okay. is about an experience we had the other day in a medical office. Uh-oh. And how cold and impersonal it was. You know, they can warm those instruments up. They don't. It doesn't have to be cold. <laughs> oh, if they rub the jelly between their hands. I, 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 I don't mean, I don't mean that. that kind of cold. What had happened was Stephen on Sunday had been out walking the dog and he slipped off the curb and twisted his ankle. Are you sure it wasn't Abigail? Because we all saw what she did to you tonight. Yes, I, I know. That was earlier. Yes. That, that My dog bitch, tried to trip me earlier. I think she's trying to kill you because she did. You killed him. <laughs> But anyway... He took that old man down onto his face <laughs> on pavement. I'm sorry, tell the story. Well, yes, he fell off the curb. He slipped off the curb. He twisted his ankle, scraped up his knee, and basically twisted his ankle really badly. And what and, saved his face? And uh, wearing a hat saved his this face from getting favorite, injured. My, yes, my he, he had injury. his baseball cap on. Okay. That and saved his face from injury. The bill of the hat hit the ground first. Yes. Putting the pressure of the fall on his forehead. Yes. So his face was not damaged or injured in any way. <laughs> Continue. Anyway. And the knee, the ankle, the face. So. The forehead. So yesterday, when he got up on Monday, it was still really a lot of pain from the uh, from the ankle and everything. And he 
I'm going to make sure it wasn't a fracture or anything. So we decided, let's go to the local urgent care facility. So we go over there, sign up and everything, and they tell us, oh, Wi-Fi's down, we can't do it. Ain't that some shit? Yeah, I know. I know. So we they gave us the name of this facility to go to. I won't name the I won't name the facility to embarrass them. Facility. So we go to this other. It was a, it was a radiology facility. Okay, famous. No, but they have famous. quite. They are. They have. Oh, thank you, Stephen. Stephen just you, brought Steven. us chocolate cake. That's very sweet of you. And yeah, they're like I said. They have a couple of offices here in Long Island. But anyway, we went into the office and it's quite busy. You know, you can see there's quite a few people there and stuff. And Stephen handed in, you know, he came in, checked in with him and stuff. And anytime he was spoken to, it was just very, very cold and impersonal. Stephen, this. Oh, well, we need the name of this person on this. And it's like, you know, we just came here to get an x-ray. And you're giving us a hard time because they don't have the name of the, the, the nurse who wrote up the referral in the first place. Even though they actually do, it's on there, it's but, on signed, the but signed in a different place. But we had to contact the other, the urgent care facility to verify the, the name. Oh, it was ridiculous. But it was just how cold and impersonal, like you were in a business office. I mean, yes, it's only a radiology lab. But you know what? These people are here getting tested because they have something wrong with them, more than likely, or than not. Or just to verify that there is nothing wrong with them. But there's something bothering them. So the least you could do is not be so cold and impersonal about it, like you were treating like a customer online to go to a concert or something. Did you ever watch Absolutely Fabulous? Yes. And you can drop the attitude, you only work in a shop. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that those two guys who run that that place. What place? Learner and Low. The, the, the x-ray place. The radio, what, the radio, the radiology place, right? Burner and Barnes. What, what, who are they? Uh, I'm not saying the name. Anyway, those two guys. They, that's not the way they want to run their office. That's that bitch that day, okay? Or that bitch with this with Steven. Yeah. Well, let's face it. He turns people cold. No, no. I was with him. We were all very polite. He and was fine. nice. Yes, we had our masks on and everything. He you didn't know, comment about her eyebrows. <laughs> no, nothing like that. It was all, all right. very cordial. But I said just the matter was just very cold and abrupt and impersonal. All right, well, that sounds like And it's like, you know, problem. we'll go to our doctor's office, which is busy. It's part of a whole healthcare network. All the staff there, incredibly nice. Always. Talking to you, how are you doing? What's going on? Always very nice. Always. And then you go to a place like this, it's like, wow, you're really not doing much for your industry's reputation, I'll tell you that. I think, who would describe this person to me who was rude to you? Well, okay, how, with the technician. Who no, took, it was just office, the office staff in the front the front window. What about the people who took the picture, who lined him up, who touched him, who treated him? Who Did he get treated? Did he? Have yeah, they, they were pretty matter-of-fact about the whole thing. Okay, not over-effusive, but let's do that. Not rude. No. Professional. Yeah. Okay. But it, it, you sometimes you just expect a little more. When you well, see that someone's injured, and he was obviously injured. He was limping the whole time. He was I'm, wincing in pain. I'm saying, sir, I'm, I, I'm putting the whole blame on the girl. I'm assuming it was a young woman. Young woman, yes. Who was sitting behind the desk. It was all you, women behind the women desk. Women sitting of ages. Okay, but you talked to this one and she was rude. Well, the, the rest of them were as rude? They were. I don't know. I wasn't listening to their... So you were treated rudely by this person, and I'm sure that that's not the way they want to run their company. Uh, why are you not writing this down? This is your letter to, to <laughs> Sanford and Son. No, Dear, this is my admonition to people who work in medical offices... 
Be a little kind and courteous to people who are there. Uh, They're not there because they want to be there. They're not there to clog up your busy day with patients who have to get tested and stuff. They're there because they need to be because there's something wrong with them, possibly. I think you may be lumping. You had a bad experience that it pissed you off, and so here you are griping about it. Yep. Yeah, okay, that's okay. Exactly. But you're not, you're not trying to say that people who work frontline healthcare, taking the name, registering you, they're, they're not whole industry-wide bad, horrible people. Oh, hell no. When I went, when I had my heart attack, and then I had my uh, surgery afterwards, and I was over at St. Francis Hospital up on the North Shore, the staff there could not have been nicer. Oh, my God, the nicest, friendliest medical staff that I've ever encountered before. And, a, and that was in a, this was in a hospital. And they were, I thought they were amazing how, okay. how good they were. I'm just putting that out there. And like I said, even my own doctor's office, everyone there, very friendly, cordial, professional about it and stuff. This bitch. They're not this just bitch, like, they're not just like, Prendergast, next. Let's call her Hannah. <laughs> no, not Hannah. <laughs> not Hannah. I know two different Hannahs, and I would, for one Hannah, say yeah, but for the other Hannah, I say no, so no. How about Ermagard? No. <laughs> Tyler. Taylor. Uh, Bree. Uh, Bree. <laughs> Okay, well, how about I just call you Cheese, Brie? There's a girl. There's a girl who works with me who I like very much and who is uh, very competent and she's she's a great worker and she and I get along really really well. And her name is Sabrina, which I think is so weird because in the past couple of years I've met two Sabrinas and I don't think I've ever met a Sabrina before. Um, and to me, I love the name, but she the, her friends call her Brie, okay. and every time they do. It's like blackboards on a on a chalkboard on a scratches on a chalkboard. Right. That sort of okay. annoyance. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, that was a good story. <laughs> Where are we going now? We are now at the conclusion of our show tonight. Oh, that's so sad. I know. I know. I can tell you're very distraught we about it. <laughs> we need music. We need music. Yeah. We'll work on that. Okay. Good. But we want to thank our producer, Stephen Prendergast, for all he does, including he bringing does. us chocolate fudge cake. All the time. Which actually cake. Tommy brought here tonight. Thank chocolate you very much. Go get it. Our episodes are available on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and many other podcast providers. Across all continents. Yes. You can also find our episodes on our website www.grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com Also, after you finish listening to our episodes, we have bonus material for each of our episodes. Really? Yes, we do. I have never in my life provided bonus material. Well, it's about time you did. Well, yeah, we have links to many of the topics that we talked about, to video clips and other matters. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so like research stuff. Yeah. How fun for And actually, I'm going to probably put the links for those, the dog, the pet rescue groups. I'll put that on the bonus materials as well. Generally, let people share that shit. Yeah, exactly. They're able to. They can go right onto the website and they can do that. What are the websites? You want to say them again? www.grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com Okay, go find out. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. And we would love to hear from you. Give us a comment. No, you know what? I don't Ask a question. No no, you don't want to hear from them anymore? No, fuck them. Oh, you're done with them now? I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I don't care what they say, what they don't say, what they write, what they don't. A comma, I asked. No. I don't care anymore. 
Don't write. I'm sorry you feel that way, Tom. Uh, that's how I feel. <laughs> you can address all your questions or letters and comments to me. That's exactly right. <laughs> Patrick Elizabeth Quinn. <laughs> at. Go ahead. And on that note, we now come to the conclusion of You're our show. Are you not going to tell me an email address? No. What? Or what are our email addresses? What is our email address? Your email address. Oh, yeah. It's Patrick at grumpyoldgayman.com. That's right. Send all you hate. Yes. <laughs> and now we come to the conclusion of our show. I want to thank Tommy as always. All right, just lead me into it. Into what? My goodbye. Uh, okay. So on that note, I will say good night. Have a good night. Have a good week. Have a good life. And we'll see you next week. Bye, bitches. Da da da